0: Hey everyone, welcome to season three, episode four of the Centennial podcast. And today we got some topics lined up just before the season opens in a couple nights. We got search and destroy. Melnick said that the Sens were searching and destroying, or going to anyway, to find a top center. And that didn't happen. But there's speculation that the Sens are still in the market for a center. So we'll look into that. Young Blood, Vitaly Krasnov, and Dylan Strom are both on the trade block. The centers pursue either of these. Two young forwards to add to their lineup after all the injuries that have happened. Good, bad, or something else completely. We're going to do some Sens season predictions. Finally, crumble or collapse. Are the Sens going to crumble the Leafs in the home opener? Or are they going to collapse under the pressure from an expected playoff team? And we're going to get into those topics right now. Other Matt, we'll start with you. What do you think? Are the Sens still in the
1: market for a center? I mean, they they kind of have to be right. Uh, Logan Shaw is barely in it. He's not an NHL player. Uh, he's playing the fourth line, and you know that fourth line is is important because they go out, bang bodies, try and try and really get some energy into the into the play. But I just don't see him being that guy. Uh, Chris Tierney at three is sad. Uh, he's not he's not very good. Um so if if they can find uh like a 3C that's not going to cost all or a 2C. I mean um it is what it is. If Pinto gets bumped it's, he's still going to be playing in the NHL. It's important. Um but that those those bottom two centers are just not good. So I you have to imagine they're looking around. So that's kind yeah, of how I feel about it.
0: No, for sure. Especially because like, I don't think like everybody wants Colin White to do well, but I don't think everyone was expecting him to, you know, be a, a solid, you know, producer this year. And so now him going injured, it's it's like, okay, there was a guy who there was maybe something there that we had to see, but now he's injured for long-term. So now it's like, okay, is Chris Tierney going to fill the role as well as Colin White? Uh, eh, don't really know, but uh
2: Bennett, what do you think? Yeah, I mean I I agree with other Matt. I think we need to be in the market for a center. I'm sitting here on Daily Face Off right now looking at our bottom six. And with the exception of Alex Fermentin and to a lesser extent Tyler Ennis, it is just a black hole. The bottom six is just absolute nothing. Yeah. And I mean, like we've got really good, you know, really good, you know, serviceable, um, you know, like middle six players like Nick Paul and Connor Brown are currently sitting in like the top six. And it's like that, you know, Nick Paul and Connor Brown and then like a capable center between them is an awesome third line. Yep. And, you know, is the kind of third line that can really help you uh that provides real genuine depth of like quality down, you know, the middle and the flanks. But they're they're not second line players. I on certainly not on a contending team at least. And so having them so far up in the lineup, uh is like not great for the outlook of the team to start the season. You know, we Austin Watson went down with an injury. He's going to miss some time at the start of the year. Obviously we talked about Colin White already. There's some serious holes in our forward uh, core right now. And I think it would be extremely, uh, extremely uh, naive or just irresponsible of the team to not address that in the coming weeks month like i did not sure <laughs> days what even, be on this. even days yeah i mean obviously the home opener uh, sorry not the home opener. the first game of the season is tomorrow followed by the home opener so like odds of like getting somebody to suit up for either of those games at this point is probably you know out of the question but sooner rather than later you think they've got to make a move because uh unless if you know in spite of the statements by Pierre Dorian that you know they're, they they want to be pushing for the playoffs and stuff this year, unless if they really, if they kind of like under the table are like, well, if we had another basement year, that wouldn't be the end of the world. Which it wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah.
0: But no. It, it, yeah. I, I think I think it wouldn't be the end of the world for sure. But I think our fan base. At least what I've seen through different social media platforms is really hoping that that's not the case. I don't think anyone's saying, oh, I don't want a player like Shane Wright on my team. But I think everybody's kind of saying, like, well, we at least want to have a solid effort for the full 82 games that the Sens aren't being talked about as being a team that could win the lottery as like a bottom five team, right? Like, if the Senators finish, I don't know, even like 11th last, like, Yeah, like uh, you kind of want to see them really elevate and and get out of that bottom tier. But when you don't have Brady side, when you immediately have injuries that requires your depth players to become your top six players, I think that you're not setting yourself up for success out of the gate. And if you're not trading for some sort of help, uh, I mean, we all thought, well. I shouldn't say we all, but many people thought that the sense would try and put in a claim for Alex Barboulet, but obviously he got claimed by Seattle. Um, so they weren't able to get anybody off the waiver wire. There were a lot of options and I know not all of them were appealing, but it's, uh, it's just, you kind of need somebody to go in and, and fill a role. And I don't think Pontus Aberg or Agazino or Sabarin or, you know, uh, he, even actually Zach Sanford, I was expecting more from him.
1: Oh man, he's been really bad.
0: He, and it's, it's not even that he's been bad. He's been invisible. Like this is a guy who, I, I mean, had consistency issues. So maybe, hopefully, this is one of the, the bad periods of like his consistently not really being there. But... I'd like to see him just kind of show that he really wants to play and thrive. It's almost like he's just settled on knowing he's getting a roster spot and he's going to be a bottom six player. And he's like, eh, I'm not playing with Ryan O'Reilly anymore. I'm going to just kind of coast. That's, well, how it's and felt that's, like.
1: that's the brutal thing because like he he gets a spot and that's it. And, and one of the other thing that kind of bothers me is like Nick Paul is getting the second line spot just because he's Nick Paul, Alex Vermen, you could make an argument that he was our best forward in in the preseason. Yeah, and he's getting stuck on the third line with Tyler Ennis, who I do think kind of fits his game, mm-hmm. but and Chris Tierney. Yeah, Chris Tierney's just his leg speed isn't there
0: anymore, and. Uh, <laughs> It kind of it kind of made me laugh because I know the coach wants to keep Nick Paul on the wing because that's where he sees him as being the best player for his capabilities. But in my mind, Nick Paul is one of the best defensive forwards, not just in the team, but statistically, analytically, in the league, he's one of the best defensive forwards. So when you have a guy like that, just play him at center. He's played center before. On this NHL club, like it's not like he played center back in like the AHL. He's played it for the Senators. So he's done it. So if you put him at center on the third line and put, uh, Formanton on the second line, Formanton with, with Pinto, Formanton with Pinto, it sounds to me a lot more offensively potent. Yep. Anyway. Absolutely. And they still have Connor Brown on the right side to bring that defensive element so that the two rookies aren't really being like hammered or, whatever you know but to be fair like
1: those three guys are all on the pk
0: that's true but it's just something that you'd like to see them kind of shore up the depth so it's not an issue but it is and that's why we're talking about it (laughs) but (laughs) uh kind of on a a transitional note here young blood so Vitaly kraftsov and dylan strom are both on the trade block New York Rangers, um, I guess Kraftsov didn't make their NHL roster, which surprised Rangers fans because apparently he had a great preseason. And Dylan Strom, I guess, is just on the trade block for Chicago. I guess they don't really want him. Not sure what's going on there. Anyway, both players are very young. Kravtsov's 21. Strom is 24. And this is Ryan Strom, just to make sure some people aren't getting confused. (laughs) This is the guy who was taken third overall in the McDavid draft. Uh, so anyway, both of them are, are potential trade options. Um, I was going to say that as has actually refused to report to the AHL team for the Rangers, and so he's being suspended by the club. So I don't think that'll help his trade value. So could you see the Senators looking at either of these guys' as depth options? And uh, Bennett, what do you
2: think of that? Well, I think they're going to have to kick tires, and they're going. Doyan is going to have to make some calls. You know, it's it's your due diligence as a GM when you see players of this with this potential of a ceiling who become available. You know, high draft pick guys who haven't quite put it together to teams they've started with, but who haven't yet been labeled as you know problematic by you know you know. Uh, guys who bounce around between a few teams at the start of their career and they never really get it going anywhere. And then, you know, the questions question marks really start to arrive. I don't think that's the case with either of these guys yet. So it's the perfect opportunity to take a flyer on one or both of them. Uh, just look at Kravtsov. I mean, he plays right wing, which we were just saying a moment ago is an area of immediate need for the organization. And if you get a guy who's looking to prove a point after, you know, getting shafted by the team that drafted him, and you know wants to you know fulfill a role on a young team or something. I mean, hell, it seems like a it seems like a no brainer. But that being said, is it going to happen? I don't think so. Right. I, I just don't think a guy like that fits the profile of the team that the Sens are trying to put together, uh, rightly or wrongly.
0: Now, other Matt, I know you love Dylan Strom. so <laughs> so why don't you just talk
1: about him? <laughs> I mean, I like I. It's not that I love Dylan Strome. I think he's underperformed for what he was drafted at, but I definitely see him as being a guy who just needs the right opportunity. Um, You know, we've seen guys that that haven't had the right opportunity in in some places, and then go to Ottawa and succeed. Uh, You know, Kyle Turris really comes to mind there. Obviously, it was a different regime, but um, I think having Dylan Strom and, and Shane Pinto creating healthy competition for that, that second line center spot really makes a lot of sense, especially if it's going to cost, you know, not a ton. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if it's a third round pick, um, which I think it might be a little more, but if it, I'm just hypothetically saying, if it's a third round pick, I do that in a heartbeat um our, our center depth have, stops um, and the sense have
0: Sens have multiple third round picks yeah. this year.
1: So our 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 center depth sucks. Um you know, Logan Shaw as I said should not be in the NHL playing as an NHL center. Um it's it doesn't make sense. Uh and going to crafts off, that's another thing. If he if you can get him for for very little, I think it's it's just uh creates healthy competition within the team. But, uh, you know, that would put Tyler Ennis on the, on the fourth line and, and Kravtsov goes to the third line or, you know, vice versa, they battle it out. But I, I think guys like, um, you know, Scott Sabara and he's just, he's a step behind most of the time and he goes out to fight. He doesn't, I just, I don't see, much more than that um i i'm looking forward to being happily uh surprised about it if if he does you know bring value more value to the team but from what i saw in preseason it, it wasn't great and i'm <laughs> i'm even surprised he got a spot with the injuries
0: well I could also i know the biggest knock on dillstrom was that he produced a lot of his points on the power play and obviously chicago's power play hell i'll take that You need a power play guy. But he was playing with, you know, some top tier talent in in Chicago on the power play, which I think was the biggest criticism that he wasn't responsible really for generating the points. He was a beneficiary of the guys he played with on that power
1: play.
2: And the Sens have a recent history of trading for guys who have high power play numbers <laughs> without necessarily taking into account who they were skating with when they put up those numbers. Yeah. And those numbers mysteriously did not materialize here in Ottawa in yeah. the absence of those highly talented players. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I mean, even then, they probably they probably should have put up more than one point. I'm just putting that one out there. Uh... Damn, we're really, we're really dunking on men's today.
0: Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say that with Dylan Strom, though, I could see him playing well between Formington and NS. Like that would be a speedy third line. Yep. I think. Yeah, I mean, it would look nicer than Tierney in the middle, but I digress. We'll go to the next topic here, the good, bad, or something completely different. Sens season predictions. So where do you guys think the Sens are going to end up this year? Other Matt, we'll start with you.
1: <sighs> uh, <laughs> tough one, eh? Uh, if Brady Kachuk isn't signed, I'm gonna say like bottom five. Damn.
0: Yeah. So like
1: no faith in the team without Kachuk. I think he brings a lot of heart to this team. Um, and I mean, there's obviously other factors. I think uh, our fourth line is crap. Uh, you know, our D even playing with, you know, the guys that we do prefer isn't great. Uh it's like the, like those guys would need to take sizable jumps to to make our our D, you know, even like top 20 in the league. Uh there, you know, our pro scouting if we wanted to bring in players isn't good. There are a lot of factors. Um it's just, it, it it sucks not having Brady um, because obviously we all know he's kind of the face of the franchise and they've built around his identity, you know, go hit people, go get shots on net, go score goals, go do all this, that, and the other thing, but do a rough and tumble. <laughs> and they've really like cordoned off this, this section for like skilled players Uh, You know, you could have a a fourth line of skilled guys that could go hit, but that's not what we're seeing now. Formington and Batherson are like that; like they're both skilled guys. They're not on the
0: fourth line, though. No, no, for sure. I'm saying that they they hit right. Yeah. So you can absolutely. So I was kind of just adding to your point. Like you can have fourth line guys that have skill as yeah. long as, you know, they can muscle their way too. Yeah. Um, the one and... thing I will touch on, sorry, for the pro scouting, Nick Holden and Zach Sanford. I know Zach, Zach Sanford's been a bit uh, invisible, like we talked about earlier, but you know, they analytically Zach Sanford was a good defensive player and Nick Holden was also a good defensive player. And I, I know people have kind of hated on the, on sense management and the pro scouting for getting these guys who were analytically like, Oof, But, you know, here they go and get two guys and they're actually analytically not bad. So that's kind of at least encouraging, even if I don't have full faith in the pro scouting. It's a a step anyway. And Nick Holden looked good.
1: I think a broken clock can be right twice a day. Twice an offseason, it worked. (laughs) uh, Like, look how many trades there have been. Look how many signings there have been. I mean, I, like, I, I need consistency, not, you know, hitting, hitting doubles and then getting, uh, like then striking out oh, for like sure. 18 times. Yeah. Totally. So I, I, I do really like the hot Holden pickup. Um, it'd be kind of funny if it wasn't even like they targeted him. They were like, we'll give you Nick Holden. He's like, yeah, fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so it's. It's going to be an interesting season, uh, but like, I I foresee them in the bottom ten, and we'll get a good draft pick. It's going to be great, <laughs> and then we'll draft the Tyler Boucher of twenty twenty two, and then I'll be like
0: unbelievable. <laughs> All right, uh, Bennett, what do you
2: got? You know, going into last season at this time, I felt pretty confident i felt that the team was starting to turn the corner i remember saying that you know this team you know is much better than the team was last year which you know it did, it did look like that on paper but then we had that miserable start to last season and you know it just led to a lot of angst and hand-wringing and stuff i do not feel confident in this team going into this season like i did last year and i don't know if that means that you know, last year I got burned and now my expectations are suitably lowered or if this team is actually worse on paper than it was last year, certainly in the absence of Brady, it's worse on paper. And, you know, that kind of pivoting to what other Matt was saying, you know, there's too many question marks over too many aspects of this team for us to be, to harbor any serious playoff aspirations. And I absolutely agree. We are not a playoff team this year unless something drastically changes. And I think that we'll be a bottom 10 team. Um, I don't think we'll be the worst team in our division. Uh, you know, I think Detroit or, well, Buffalo are, you know, I think clearly worse teams. Um, but we will certainly not be pushing for a playoff spot. And, you know, for all the reasons we've touched on already, our forward depth sucks at this particular moment, you know, especially with Brady out of the lineup to start the season. The defense looks vulnerable, you know, even on a good night. You know, Holden has helped. I really liked that pickup for all the reasons you've said. Uh, you know, if, uh, if MDZ, uh, uh, Michael DelSotto, gets dropped within the first couple of weeks and Brandstrom comes in as a replacement, we might see some better defensive outcomes. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's Michael DelSotto that suits up in the bottom pairing on opening night, I think we're just asking for a world of hurt. Goaltending, again, you know, remains the biggest question mark it was the team's black hole last year, you know, we had an 8.95 save percentage over the course of the season against the league average of, you know, 9.05 or something. That being said, you know, kind of turning it over to the positives, our goaltending can hardly be worse than it was last year. Yeah. And Matt Murray is coming into this season with a much shorter leash than he was given last year. I think people know, you know, DJ and Dorian and everyone knows how good Gustafsson can be now. They've seen some good play out of Merlinen. You know, they have Forsberg like a capable backup. I think that... Mads Sogern as well. Yeah, I think that if Murray has, you know, uh, has a tire fire first couple weeks of the season like he did last year, he's going to find himself on the bench unlike last year where they were letting him try and play through it. So, that could be good or bad. It's like either Murray bounces back and has even a, a league average season would be a big improvement over last year. And let's say he doesn't. Well, then I think this time they're not going to mess around as much, and they're just going to hand the crease over to somebody else. Um, right. I think our power play could be better this year. I think we're going to see improvement from Stutzla. We're going to see you know another you know uh, player with offensive gifts, and Pinto, you know, coming into the team who might get some power play minutes. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Norris is going to, Norris has looked really good in preseason. You know, he's going to be, still be on the power play. Batherson had a really strong second half last year. I think our power play could be better. And, um, you know, that would be a big help as well. I think, you know, ultimately, which I guess is how rebuilds tend to go. We're banking on growth from within at this point, you know, we haven't made any significant additions in the off season. And, we probably aren't going to make any significant additions down the road. I We're not a team that typically does that. This is essentially the core they're going to try and make a run with.
0: In before they trade for Eichel, like, after we record this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, if that happens, uh, you know, we uh, will do something crazy on a live stream or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like, I, this is not a team that tends to spring for the fences with big moves or something. This is probably the core they intend to compete with. Is it a good enough core? You know, the jury is out on that one, but I think whatever growth we see from them in the next, in this season, maybe next season will determine whether, whether they think it's viable.
1: Right. Yeah, I kind of wanna I kinda those... wanna ask something. Go for it. What's up? Would you sign Brady to a bridge and then trade him to Buffalo for Jack Igel? No. Yes. Why wouldn't you, Matt? Uh, okay.
0: Ah, man. So okay. P- people who have talked to me about this subject personally know that. I'm not against trading for Jack Eichel. I think that whatever, whatever Jack Eichel gets the surgery that he wants to get, I think he definitely is capable of returning to form of the player that he was, you know, um, as early as like, what, two seasons ago or as recent as two seasons ago, I should say. Um, he's a very, very, very skilled player. Now, the issue I have with, talking about any sort of Kachuk trade, especially for Eichel, is I would only trade for Eichel if Brady Kachuk is in the locker room. Now, the reason why I say that, I think that Brady Kachuk has a very strong personality, very strong leadership capabilities, and a lot of charisma. If you have a guy like that in the room, the attention is not on Jack Eichel. The intention is on Brady Kachuk. Now, if you remove Brady Kachuk from that locker room and you have Jack Eichel in that locker room, Who's, who's the camera going to be on? Who are they going to focus on? Because Shabbat, I think he's definitely a, a quiet leader, but he's not like when you look on the ice, he leads by example of his play, but he doesn't have like all this energy that you see just radiating off Kachuk. And everyone's going to be like, haha, oh, the sky energy. No, seriously, though, like it's going to be focused on, on Jack Eichel again. And if he wasn't happy and buffalo's market you think coming to ottawa's market where ottawa fans like we're not a huge market but ottawa fans are insanely passionate and very critical and we've dealt with so much shit over the last five years i mean there's other events beyond those five years but in just like the last four or five years there's just been so much bs that to me, if you're trading, uh, I'm not even going to entertain the idea of trading Kachuk. But I would not trade Kachuk for Eichel, and I would not trade Brady Kachuk. Period. While whether he's on bridge, whether he goes long term, no, I, I just don't even want to entertain it.
2: But I'll let Bennett uh, say why he would. <laughs> I uh, first of all, I want to agree with you on a couple points. You know, I, I think I don't think an Eichel trade will happen simply because Eichel's not going to want to be here. And it's really hard to justify giving up major, major asset in order to acquire a player who, yes, at, at this particular point in his career and in his contract, we could he could be treated here against his will. But then what are you getting? A player who doesn't want to be here who's going to look for an exit sign at the first opportunity? He clearly wants to play in New York or LA or somewhere. Boston or um, something. Boston, yeah. It's like that's clearly the kind of move he's angling for. And I think, uh, I think if he ends up in Ottawa, you know, it, it just be asking for drama in a couple of years. And that is, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that's because Eichel brings the drama or he's like a guy with an attitude problem. I don't feel that's the case, but just, you know, you have to be realistic. I mean, like this is a guy who is when he's healthy, a top five center in the league. And, you know, Guys like that don't want to play in small markets with, you know, small market problems and small market budgets and small market everything. I mean, like, that's uh, that's that's not where they're going to want to be. That's not where they're going to want to showcase their skills. Now, that being said, I think packaging, you know, Brady along with some other serious assets in order to acquire Eichel solve a lot of problems. Going back to the previous point that I raised, you know, is this team good enough to contend as is in the absence of a major move? I don't think so. I don't think this is a Stanley Cup winning team that we are building right now. It isn't. We don't have the high-end skill. We don't have the depth. We don't have pretty much any of the pieces that you need to have a Stanley Cup contending team. If in a hypothetical situation we package Brady with a couple of other pieces, get Eichel, he's out Half the season rec- after getting this sur- whatever surgery he freaking wants, and then we are a basement team waiting for our top five center to start healthy the season after, and then we pick high again this year. That's how you build a contending team. That you know trading away. You know we're talking about the possibility all summer about locking in our second line left wing for an eight by eight. You know Chuck is not the best left wing on this team. Lock, putting that kind of money and term into him is risky. And yeah. doing it and trading, trading him away to acquire a top five center gives us a center depth, you know, hypothetically of Eichel, Norris, Pinto. That's a St- Stanley Cup winning center depth. It gives yeah. us a top line of Eichel, Stutzler, Batherson. That's a Stanley Cup winning top line. It solves a lot of problems in one fell stroke. I would do it. Do I think we're going to do it? no, but I would do it. Okay. Okay.
1: I think Bennett hit a lot of points. Uh, Jack Eichel went healthy as a top five center of the league. Um, he is that top tier talent. Um, you know, uh, I think we do have pieces in place that could be uh, cup winners. I think we do have like that number one defenseman Thomas Shabbat. Then there's a lot of question marks. Um, I don't think our goalie is good enough to win a Stanley Cup. And obviously our center depth. Uh, like what I see is, you need a first line center. You need a top uh, like a number one defenseman. You need a like a top goalie. Yep, that's uh, that's how you. Te- that's team, how you win a cup.
2: Teams that don't have that don't win yeah. cups.
1: It's simple. Um, but. I mean, you trade for, for Jack Eichel and frankly, like, I think Jack Eichel every single day that this drags on his value goes down, Mm -hmm. uh, especially considering Jack Eichel will not play another game for Buffalo period. So I'm saying like, you could theoretically, and like, uh, is it possible? Uh, Maybe because you could probably just do a straight up one for one at that point. like. I think Jack Eichel would be like, I want to go to any other team. Any other team. I think it's that bad. Apparently, his, wasn't it his agent who did say that, that he would basically
0: facilitate a trade anywhere? He, he, yeah,
1: he did. He said he would rather go anywhere. Yeah. They stripped him of the captaincy, which is like you don't do. And you very rarely see it. It happened to Dustin Brown. In LA, which made sense. He was not their best player, and he probably wasn't the 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 leader that they were they needed for the time. But it it rarely ever happens. And if it does happen, it's not a good look. Was Joe Thornton also stripped of captaincy? He was. He yeah. was. And so was Patrick Marlowe, actually. Um and now that I think about it, I th- I think Luongo was too. Uh, yeah, but I think that was a technicality because goalies weren't supposed to be the captain or something. Well, they can be the captain, just can't be on their jersey, right? Uh, but he put it on his his helmet, which was cool. Yeah. All this to say, you don't strip a captain of their captaincy, and with everything that's sort of happened, he's never going back to play there. No, no, so, definitely not. Um, and f- like, is Buffalo going to say no to a guy? Like an American player who is drafted fourth overall. Like pundits love him. Uh, he he's like that gritty player. And frankly, like Ottawa's going to not have Eichel for a while. So you're gonna be a bargain basement team. And what's great is is you, you end up with a top five pick. It's a strong draft at the top seven or eight players you you get another top player like that, you're laughing um do I think it ever happens now? I don't um but because that's that's a ballsy move, and I just i that's not in Dorian's wheelhouse, right not anymore,
2: yeah,
0: wow, well, that was a debate I wasn't expecting to have tonight. <laughs> Uh, All right, so uh, for my season predictions, you guys both said bottom 10. Uh, I was going to be a little more generous, but not too generous. I want to keep my expectations in line. I think if Brady Kachuk signs early in the season or the team gets off to a good start and then he signs and joins the team slightly into that hot start, uh, then I think that they could potentially push for a wildcard spot. Uh, But I'm very what do you call that cautiously optimistic, I guess. Uh, but I do think that if Brady Kachuk doesn't sign and the team comes out of the gate struggling, uh, I know the team said today that a bunch of players are, are dealing with colds and Matt Murray was one of them and he had a strong preseason. So for him to now be sick and oh, like potentially not starting on Thursday is, is a little concerning because while he, yeah, Like I don't have faith in him being like an elite, you know, Vezna caliber goalie this year. I do think that he is the starting goalie right now, whether sense fans want him to be or not. He, he just is just because of his experience and, and uh, how his play was in the preseason. So anyway, um, I, I think that they could finish. Like, I want to say if I'm being optimistic, I think, potential bubble team, wildcard team. Uh, If I'm being, I guess, more realistic, I think finishing outside of the bottom 10 between 18th to 32nd, like, you know, I don't think they'll finish 32nd, but maybe as high as 18th. We'll see. It'll really depend on what happens with other teams, right? Uh, But we got a few minutes left. Let's move on to the last topic, which is crumble or collapse. Will the Sins crumble the Maple Leafs? Or will they collapse? Now, this is kind of good news. I mean, I don't like to ever cheer on injuries, but Matthews won't be there for the home opener or the game on Saturday. Marner, I think, potentially suffered an injury in Leafs practice after a collision with Wayne Simmons. So they might not have Matthews or Marner for the home opener. So what do you think, Ben? Do you think the Sens have a chance at winning their first game of the season against the Leafs? Uh, My guess is
2: that the Sens and Leafs split the the back to back on Wednesday Thursday. I think the least take there uh, it's gonna game. be Thursday
0: Sat- Saturday. Is it? Yeah <laughs> the sense don't play tomorrow. It's Thursday Saturday.
2: Oh I thought for sure that you
1: did okay that's why well, I was confused when you said uh tomorrow and Thursday yeah, I like, and I was wait, like wait, wait hold total? on a goddamn second <laughs> yeah and Reddit people before they like listened to the entire thing it would be like I stopped listening because Bennett was wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh uh, yeah, guy no, again. you're right. Yeah, tomorrow uh, they play Montreal. Okay, yeah. So anyway, well, it's the second half of a back to back. Toronto, just yeah. for Those listening. <laughs> well, in that case, that changes. it. I mean, it's the second half of a back to back. It's our first game of the season. We're at home, uh, although that's always dubious when it comes to Toronto games. Um, I think we can win it. Yeah, uh, I would say. You know, typical how last season since Leafs games went was we won the close games. And in the other games, we just got blown out. So it was like, you know, we either lost, you know, five one or something, or we'd win, you know, six five. Did we lose five one in one of those games, or did something
0: else happen, Bennett? Bennett. Well, uh,
2: yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> one of one them we came back. Yeah, all
0: or course. nothing, baby. Let's go. All right, other Matt, we got a couple minutes left. What do you think? Winner, winner, loss on Thursday. I'm going. I'm going two Ws. Hell yeah. I got good vibes only. I'm going with a couple of dub skis myself here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're not, if you're not go sends going, you know, then why are you even go sense going? (laughs)
1: Everybody's like, yeah, Bennett, (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) I mean, Bennett's being realistic. I I just think like, you know, well, I mean I don't even know if there's a lot of good vibes around the sense right now. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm trying to be, you know, positive and uplifting. (laughs) um so ben and i are not so uh... (laughs) well i mean they don't have hyman they don't have matthews they don't have well potentially don't have marner like they have some guys who i think were more impact players last year who might not be playing i know they have like richie who had i think a good showing in the preseason yeah um and uh, kasha and you know they have some some players there that can do some, some damage. I think Jack Campbell had a strong preseason. So if their goaltender keeps them in it, like, yeah. Okay. Then I could see the Sens struggling, but um, I don't know. I, I think that the Sens could take advantage of the injuries that Toronto has and, and get a couple of wins to to start the season. It'll just honestly depend on, on Ottawa's own goaltending and how the defense is, comes together and performs. But on that note, everybody, we're going to be ending off episode four, season three. Uh, please go ahead. Uh, we're on YouTube now, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, our producer, the lovely Timon, is going to continue to upload our episodes on YouTube. We did our first YouTube upload last week for last week's episode, so please check that out. And yeah, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the usual places. Please go follow us on there. We're on Reddit. Uh, you can talk to myself. And I believe Bennett's also in the Sense Discord. So feel free to shoot us a message. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Same time, same place. <laughs> go SENS, go! Go Sens, go! Go!